0: I Got it. Yes. Yeah. So the Mori nine was the first Chernobyl rabbi. His name was Rav Menachem Twersky. Tversky. Uh, he lived in the Rav Menachem Nochem. Yeah, Rav Menachem Nachum <clears throat> He lived in the 1700s. He was a student both of the Baal Shem Tov, and then after the Patira of the Baal Shem Tov, after the Baal Shem passed away he became a Talmud of the Magad of Mezarech. So we're really talking about the very beginning of Hasidus. And he was the first Rebbe of the Chernobyl dynasty. Uh, The Chernobyl Hasidim continue until today. And there are many, many branches of Chernobyl. Uh, Skver, that you probably heard of in New York, is a branch of Chernobyl. Trisk, Rachmestrivka, which has a presence in Eretz Yisrael and also in New York. You Rachmestrivka. Oh. You're not responsible for the spelling of any of these names, oh. because I don't know how to spell them either. <laughs> um Another is Makarov. Talna. You may have heard of the Talna, Rebbe. These are all Chernobyl, branches of Chernobyl. They're all Torskis. So this began in the 1700s, um, 250 years ago, approximately. And all these various branches of Chernobyl, all the Rebbes there are from the Twersky families are all related. They may be first cousins or 10th cousins, but it's all part of the same mishpacha. Uh, my Rebbe Zecher Sadek Livrocha in Denver, Rabbi Shlomo Twersky, was of this lineage, of the chernobyl lineage as well as his brother, of Michal, in Milwaukee. Good morning. And um, that particular branch branch of Chernobyl is called Hornestiple. Hornestiple. So my Rebbe, Rabbi, Rabbi Tversky, was the Hornestiple Rebbe in Denver. Um, his son, L'Havdo bin Chaim L'Chaim, Rabbi Mati Tversky, is Hornestiple Rebbe in Brooklyn. Also his brother, Rabbi Tversky's brother, of Michal, in Milwaukee, and he has a son-in-law of Shalom Friedman in Yerushalayim. So today there are three hornestites, the rabbis, in different parts of the world. So that all comes from Chernobyl. Chernobyl has all these various branches. Now, one of the reasons it got so big was the son of the Maorinayim, right? whose we're learning today, the Morinaim, his son was Rav Mordechai, or Rav Matel. Twersky, he was called the Chernobyl Magad. the Chernobyl Hermaget, and the Chernobyl Magad had eight sons. His first wife passed away, they had three sons, and then his second wife and he had five sons, they had eight sons. This is about 200 years ago. They all became Rebbes. They were all tzaddikim and kedoshim in their own right, and all in, all in Ukraine, these are cities, or towns near Kiev in general vicinity of Kiev, and they all became rabbis in their own city. So you have, as I mentioned, Chernobyl. You have Chikas, Skver, Tallinn, Rachmistrivka, and all the various branches that came off of that. Now, much of that Hasidus was decimated in World War One, and then all the more so in the Holocaust in World War Two. But it did survive, and several branches survived. And the, one of the primary sforum within that branch of Hasidus is this sefer that we're learning from today, the Morinayim. And as is the case of all those sforim that come from the first and second generation of Hasidus, like this one does, from the time of the Baal Shem and the Magad of that they really are learned across the board. Everybody learns it. It's not like specific to a certain branch of Hasidus, even though it came from that branch. It's considered to be stick and foundational for for all branches. And of course, outside of the Hasidic circles as well, it's a very well-known sefer. So that's a little bit about the background of the Naim, and now we'll get into the sefer. This sefer is harder than some of this form that we learn. Which is typical also of earlier Sifri Chasidus. They're harder to understand, they're harder to penetrate. They write somewhat cryptically, that's often intentional because they're not trying to give it away. They want people to think about it and work on it. So you see, as, we'll go, as we work through the Lushon, that we're going to have to put together some ideas and a, str- a string of thought because it's not always done for us in the earlier Spharim. So say so you take a Sefer like we've, we've learned many times, like the Nesivo Shalom, and he pretty much spells it out for you. It's a contemporary Sefer, it's modern Hebrew, it's clear. One idea is connected to the other idea. He did that intentionally. The Slanamarebi, who wrote that 30 35 years ago, he did that intentionally. He felt this generation needed that. The earliest form are not like that at all. You have to really learn them a lot. You have to have a background in how to learn them, what the ideas are, what they're trying to say, and then you can kind of penetrate the idea. So we'll see that a little bit as we go through this today. So it starts at the top of the page, where it says Tsav. There's two sides to the handout there, and so the one where the top of the page is Tsav, as opposed to Shemini in the middle of the page. Top of the page is Tsav. Ayeidaber Hashem El Moshe Okay. So second, uh, sorry, right side of the page, top line. So Hashem spoke to Moshe and he said, command Aharon and tell him, etc. to bring the Korban Ola. That's what he was talking about in that pasuk there in Parshish Tzav. So Rashi says from the Chachamim, The word Tzav is a Lashon of motivating people, Ziruz. It's for now and it's for always. So Vayidabir is he spoke to Moshe. Tzav is an extra lashon of you really got to motivate here. Amr Ebi Shimon, Bar said, "Be, etc. So why here do you have to have a lashon of motivating, motivating? Because whenever there, uh, you have a loss of money or an expenditure of money involved, you have to motivate people more so, because it's harder to do, as we all know. Vakasha. So then he asks a question on this, the Morinayim. Halo kol ha-mitzvos ne'amru l'kayim l'doros olam. First of all, what do you mean to motivate because this is for now and for all posterity? All mitzvos are for now and all posterity. It's not different than any mitzvah. It's always now and forever. So why do you need motivation for that? And secondly, umach kis. What does it mean? A loss to the pocket, a financial loss here. Shabakorban ola, because the korban ola was brought, brought daily. That's a daily expenditure of money that they have to do. Halo mitzvos There are other mitzvos that involve more money, more of an expenditure than the korban ola. Like, for example, Pidion shuim, you've got to spend all kinds of money to free a captive. Could be, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. And in other mitzvot, where you need this motivation because there's an expenditure, you don't necessarily find the word tzav. So that's the Mori Naim's question on Rashi, where he begins from. V'yeh Shlomar. So let's begin to say, Ki haTorah shenosan lonu Hashem. The Torah which Hashem gave us, Ikara, the essence of it is She'al Yoda, yoda Nachnia Es HaYetzur Hara, the purpose of the Torah is for us to overcome our Yetzur Hara, you might say our more base nature, which is part of a human being. It's not just to learn and to study, but it's to actually become a greater person and to improve <coughs> in life and whatever negative is associated with some of our character traits, our midos Ros, to try and overcome that and to refine ourselves. Torah is not a subject. therefore al pirov nizkar b'zohar. So therefore you will find when the Zohar HaKadosh talks about learning Torah, limud torah it uses the words le'ishtadla b'oraisa, that's Aramaic, and it means to struggle with the Torah, tadla, like hishtadlus in hebrew to struggle to put forth effort but in the torah Shahu tirgum shel and that word is the same word that the tirgum uses in sefer Bereshus when Yaakov avinu is fighting struggling with the malach the sar shel that wrestling match the famous wrestling match And it says, Zervai, Ye'ovek Ish Imo, and a man struggled or wrestled with him, with Yaakov Avinu. That's the Malach of Esav. So how does the Tirgum translate their Struggle, Le'ishtadola. The fact that the Zohar uses that word instead of Lilmod Torah, to study Torah, but rather Le'ishtadla Ba'oraisa, it's telling us, that this is something we have to put forth effort in and not just kick back our feet and say, wow, this is beautiful, although that's certainly the dimension of Torah, but we have to take it and struggle and fight and grow and live our lives as growing people. And that's a wrestling match. Right? The Ramchal says in the Derach Hashem that a human being is created by God to be in a milchama, in a war, between the body and the soul, the neshama, the seichel, the goof, the body, the yetzer hara, the yetzer tov. It's a struggle. That's where we grow. Chaynu, she'al yuchal abek im That it's through the Torah that a person has the ability to wrestle with his or her yetzer hara and to overcome it. Ula <laughs> to overcome it. If we didn't have Torah, we would not have the proper guidance hadracha, as to how to overcome our more base nature. And we see that out in the world, that people try different things to try and become better people, and sometimes it works, and sometimes the very, the very methods themselves, which are chosen to try and become a better person, act against you. Because it needs great wisdom and insight, how do we become better people? So that's the Torah's guidance. Ki ha sheba ma lamuta, that's a chazal. The light in the Torah itself brings us back to tov, to good. It restores us to good. So inside the Torah is a light. There's an or there, and that's a real thing, not just a poetic statement. There's light in the Torah. There's a revelation from Hashem in the Torah. And when we study it, it comes out into us. And then we absorb that. It's through the Torah that a person can actually get close to God. That Hashem, so to speak, that He's hidden in the Torah. And so where did God hide Himself in the Torah? So or Shaba. That's what it means when the Chachamim say there's light in the Torah. For us, light means the presence of Hashem. That's for, for Jews. That's what light means. God is hidden there. nu'chal did, did I read that already? Okay. Ba'ashem u'lachnia es Through that, we can be machnia, overcome our yetzahara. V'zehu ro'isi b'nei aliyah v'hemu atem, that's a Gemara in Sukkah, and it says there, I have seen people who are rising, b'nei aliyah, that's an expression for people who are shtiguing, growing in their life, what we all aspire to be. So the Gemara says there, there are only a few of these kinds of people who really are putting their efforts toward growth. K'yidei hato reyuchal adam Laha'alos lamala because it's through the Torah that a person can rise upward. V'gam l'sakein asher kilkel. And not only that, but we have the special ability to rectify that which may have previ- which we, we may have previously ruined. So that's teshuva. Through Torah, pers- a person can actually rectify past behavior. V'zehu Torah sa'ola. That's what it means, the Torah of the Ola. So let's just take a step back for a minute because we're not in this Parsha right now this week, so our mind is not necessarily on it. We're up to Bukhu Kosai, the end of Ayikra. So it says there, right here in Sav, Zos Torah Sa'ola. The pshat of that pasuk is, this is the law of the Korban Ola. This is how it's done. That's what Hashem is telling the Jewish people here. That's the pshat, Zos Torah Sa'ola. Now what he's saying here, Aldera Ha'avoda, is Zos Torah. Ha'ola. This Torah that we have, Zos Torah, it's for Ha'ola. It's for the sake of raising ourselves up. The Torah is for the sake of elevation so we can be bnei Aliyah. So that's the Remez. Zos Toras Ha'ola. This is the Torah, is for us to lift ourselves upward lama that through the torah we can raise ourselves upward then the next phrase in the pasuk there is kol ad haboker that the fire has to be on the misvehah all night long until the next morning it has to be a perpetual es- hachamim so what does that mean according to this mahalech kol halayla ad haboker gam That even the darker side of a human being, yuchallah alosam, one can raise themselves up also by rectifying that. So, kol all of the darkness, adhaboker. You can take that all the way through till day as well, till it's light. Vlasos mimenu boker or, and to create from that the light of day, the transformation of darkness to light of Ra to Tov. All right, so that's the first part. That's a little bit of a yesod for what we're going to say. So let's go a little bit Okay, so another phrase there is the fire is burning on the mezbeach. Losichbe. It shall not be extinguished. It shouldn't be put out. V'ho'inyan hu. So what does this mean also on a deeper level? The light that was in the world during the six days of creation was a very powerful light. And Adam Harishon could see from one end of the world to the other end of the world with the light that was present in the world that he was created. And that's the Gemara. He quotes her from Chagiga. It's a tremendously light and illuminated world that Ottoman Chava were placed in. However, V'achar Shechota, but once Ottoman Chava sinned in Ganeden, Nelam then that light became hidden. Hainu, gonzo le tzadikim that it was hidden away for tzadikim in the future. That's called the Orhagonis. So that doesn't mean that the light is gone, it means that is hidden. Hashem took that light and hid it away. kodem because before the hey of adamen hoya or beith That's another Aramaic word, it's like the word galui, revealed in Hebrew. Before the hey that light was revealed. It was out in the open. Va'ra achar haor. Then following that, that light was hidden, and it was hidden in levushim. Now, we've talked about that word a couple of times. It comes up a lot in Sifre Hasidus, a levush. So levush literally means a garment, clothing. What it means in a machshava is that if you have something which is very bright, and it's so bright that its light cannot be uh, handled by people, we couldn't bear that light, has to be toned down. So a lavush is a veil. It's what Hashem puts over great light so we can still get the light, but in a way where we can handle it. The mashal, of course, in our world is like the light of the sun, that a person can be burnt by the sun and it has to be dealt with very carefully and you have to wear sunglasses on. You can't look directly at the sun. So in ruchniyastika terms, you also have great light (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me, which needs to be veiled. So after the chay, that light needed to be veiled, and Hashem put it in different levushin, different kinds of garments. He cloaked it. Heinu sheha'ur nislabesh besoch ha-Torah. So where did God put it? He put it in the Torah. Now that is a teaching from the Bal Shem Tov, because the Bal Shem asked this question. When Hashem hid the light, the Orhagun, where did he hide it? And Hashem answers that he hid that light in the Torah. So every time a person learns Torah, you know, it looks like black letters on a white parchment or on, in a sefer, but inside of that which we're learning, there's light. We can't see the light directly. Why? Because it's cloaked. It's cloaked in the Torah. Just one second, okay, sir. So it's cloaked there. And that's what it means, vezehu, vayash, Hashem, etc., kosnos or. So you may recall this pasuk in Bereshus. After Odom and Chava clothe themselves in leaves, so Hashem makes for them clothing of or, soft skin. Rashi said it was very soft, it would be comfortable for them. He made clothing for them kosnos or, that's or with an iron. Now, the remiss of that pasuk is that Hashem made kusnos or clothing of skin, that that's talking about the parchment of the Sefer Torah. That's a beautiful remiss. Because the Torah is made from skin, of an animal. So God made for that light that was hidden kusnos or a lavush, a cloak made of skin, a Torah, and that's where he put the light. Now notice that that or is with an ayin. Or, leather, skin, parchment. Then there's a very unusual statement in Chazal, in the Midrash Rabbah. The Torah sol Rebbe Meir haya kasuv kasnos or ba'alif. It says that in Rabbi Meir's Torah, Rabbi Meir was one of our Chachami, Matana. in his Torah it said kasnos or with an aleph. That means clothing of light. Kosnos or olive light. Or kosnos or ion skin. So hold on a second, he says. Vakosha, this is this is hard to understand. We all know. Hello in this chaleif ayin ba ayin. If in a sefer Torah you switch an olive with an ayin, ha psula. <laughs> it's a puzzle sefer torah. What do you mean Rabbi may had an olive in his Torah? His Torah is pasul. L'memanav shach. So, however you look at it, o Torah Seinu pasula. Either our Torah is pasul with the ayin, o Torah so shorbi pasula, or his Torah is pasul. Somebody's wrong. What is it? So, what does it mean when the chachamim say that Rabbi Meir's Torah was written kusnos or with an olive. So, this is his answer to that. Number nine, the Yeish lomar. Rabbi Meir is also given another name, it's an Aramaic name, it's pretty similar to Meir, which means to give light, Nehoroi. Nehoroi in Aramaic means to illuminate, to give light. He's called Nehoroi. Why? Shehoyah Meir Enei Chachamim Bahalacha, because he would illuminate the eyes of the other Chachamim in Torah, in Halacha. So what did he do? He was Meir Enayim. He lit up their eyes. He helped people see in the Torah light. Hainu. So now, how to answer this question on his Sefer Torah. Shabu Torah Shokosav Rebbe Meir al Sofer. So you can best believe that Rebbe Meir's personal Sefer Torah that he had written by your local Sofer or scribe, Hayakosav <speaking> Ba'ayin, <Hebrew> for sure his Torah said kosnos or with an iron." Of course. Kemo Torah sholanu, like our Torahs have. So what does it mean his Torah had an aleph? Rak b'torah sol shah Meir." his Torah means hainu shahoya malamines b'nei dora. That means the Torah that he taught. Meir's Torah is the Torah that he taught to people. That's his Torah, and that Torah had cosmos or. He was always helping people to see the light inside the skin of the Torah, the Aleph inside the iron. So, yes, his Torah at home or wherever it was had an iron in it, but the Torah that he taught to people was directed toward helping people see the light in the Torah. That's what it means his Torah had cosmos or. Um, one second, Umeire Nahan. That he was teaching people, how do you arrive at the inner light of Torah, that God's presence is there? Because that light that God put in the Torah is concealed and cloaked, not everybody is able to get to it, or certainly not in the same way. It takes a lot of avoda to get through to the deeper meanings of Torah, because it's not the surface level. Rabbi Meir Hoya Malamid Espinedoro, what he did is he taught his generation, Umeir eneham to bring light to their eyes, Echlavo El Ha'or how to come to the Or and also very interesting, the name of the Sefer is Maori Naim, right? So that's one of his themes. Please, uh, sorry, like um, So I always thought that the light that it referred to was a real, was, was real light. Yeah, yeah. That Ur Haganus was not a physical light; yeah. it was a ruchniyastika light, it was a spiritual light, and it really had to do much more so with comprehension of reality that he could see Misofa Olam via Sofo. Doesn't mean literally, and well, maybe he could. I don't know, but in terms of ruachniyest, that he was able to penetrate and able to see Hashem's presence in all things. So that light was put into Torah, which means that we could get it. And as we know, certain great people over the course of our history have gotten to that point and can see. You know, they say the Baal Shem Tov that when he wanted to find out what was happening in the world, what did he do? He opened up his Gomorrah, he looked at the Black Gomorrah and he could see what was happening in the world. So he had penetrated the surface meaning of the Torah and he had gotten through to the inner meaning. The Chauza of Lublin. His name, the Chose, means the seer, the one who has vision. So they said about the Chose, as they sadly, that where he was in Lublin, he could see everything within 40 kilometers of his city, everything that was going on. Physically speaking, the Chose was almost blind. And you know how he was almost blind? This is really an unbelievable story. When he was a boy, he did not want to see any Dov or Tamme in the street as a child. So he wrapped his eyes in a cloth and he walked around with his eyes wrapped in a cloth for seven years. He could only see that which was only right in front of him so he could walk around. So he damaged his vision and he had weak vision from that point on. And yet he became known as the Hose of Lublin, right? the, one, the one who truly sees. As they say, don't try that at home. Right? <laughs> That's for somebody like him. Yeah, Ma'ira, please. Now, if a regular person learns yes. Torah, yes. Right, or when children learn Torah, like we teach children, so how does that compare with, um, you know, getting aliyah from the efforts that normal people put in? We're, we're all getting it. It's all relative to each human being. It is, by definition, inside the Torah. So a three-year-old says, Torah, sive Alonu Moshe, he gets it. Atalmah Chacham says it, he gets it on his level. We say it, we get it on our level. We're always making contact with that light simply by learning the Torah. So it's imperceptible, right? Yes. But it for, for us. It's, yeah, we cannot perceive We it. can't see this. We, but it does happen. That's right. Whether we're aware of it or not, this is happening to us. The Torah has transformative powers. Yeah. Now, the truth is, every mitzvah does. Every mitzvah has powers that transform. There's kedusha in the mitzvah. So that means when we interact with that mitzvah, and we do that mitzvah, whatever kedushah is in that act, yeah. it comes into us. And that happens. That's what our olam ha'ba is, is made out of. And our olam hazeh is more refined by it. So what's the chiluk between Torah and other mitzvahs? Because the Ramchal says the greatest force of Kedusha, which he calls the hashpaa in his language, is, is in the Torah. And that's the idea of Talmud Torah, Can I get Kula? So every time a person studies Torah, they are receiving some of this Or haganus, and even though most of us are not aware of it, because it's happening on a Ruchniistic level, but it's there hmm Yeah, Sarah, please. I have two more questions. Uh-huh. Is, is there a difference in the revelation of this like be it you know to- Torah um or um like homesh Torah or let Navi or something else? Is there any difference? Th there is. They 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 all have the Hashpah. I'll, I'll go back to the Ram Khan, the Dera Hashem. Every facet of Torah has this Hashpah. And each facet of Torah has a different quality of Hashpah. And we need all of it. So we need the one we get from Tanakh. There's another one from Mishnah. Then Halacha. And then, of course, for people who are Yechidei Skula, for great people, they go into Sodos HaTorah. And then that brings an even greater level of emanation or Hashpah. So every facet of Torah has its own unique type of ore. When you study it, you get that. And we need all of it. That's how we try to engage in every facet of Torah over the course of our lives. When you say for the future, I'm not sure what you're referring thought, to, sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's the tzaddikim la lava. Okay. That, that's the phrase? Yeah, okay. he hid it away. Know. Gonzo, the tzaddikim la lava. That's, that's what Rashi brings there in the beginning of Barashas as well. That's talking about Chiyas Mason. You know, when people have, the, for, for human beings, the ultimate uh, perception of their closeness to our Kodesh Boruchu because at that time, the light is able to be revealed. We will have gone through this phase of history. Now, some of that is even presence, present when we leave this world and we go to Olam Haba, what's really called Olam Shamayim. So, so that happens there as well, because the physical world is no longer a, a barrier. It's a spiritual world. But Chiyas HaMesim, even more so, is when the light of the Torah expresses itself fully. And at that point, it's not going to be cloaked in um, veils anymore, relative to what we have now. It will be very... Open and that defines our relationship with our Kodesh Boruchu at that time, which is open. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, please. So, is it Jews? Are the Jews responsible for the world, or responsible for releasing light? Yeah. But both, and and the way that we take responsibility for our place in the world is by living and learning. Torah and mitzvot. All right, so we actually believe that when we're sitting here today in Baltimore learning a few paragraphs of Torah, that not only is Ur you know, seeping into us, but it's seeping into the world, into the universe, in the very large you know, macrocosmic picture. Somehow there's a tikkun for the whole world as a result of what we're doing right here. So it's most immediate for the people who are involved in it. Just like a person who does the mitzvah has the most immediate effect, but nonetheless, it do, it does disseminate to the rest of the world. Now, that's not to say this is, of course, a big conversation, <laughs> uh, much broader, you know, than this particular topic. That's not to say that a person shouldn't be inro- involved in the world, you know, because there's you know, how much do you get involved? How much do you study? How much are you out there? Well, that's a very big topic of conversation. But the idea that we're bringing light into the world just by virtue of the study of Torah that's always in place and then the way we choose to carry that out in our own personal lives that's of course a, a personal decision yeah regina please a relative of my doing genealogy him They probably used him, right. Yeah, because they knew that, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah it was, you know, it's interesting how he would know, how he, you know, he was able to see that that was... Because a Kohen Miuchas, yeah. yeah. It's also brought down, that the, the, the Shach, right, lived in the 1600s, one of the great uh, commentators on Shulchan Aruch. The Shach's last name was Rappaport. He was a Kohen Miuchus. and it was known that, uh, an uninterrupted Yuchus, so... The kohanim who can trace their lineage back to the shah, they feel pretty good because you know that you're a kohen miyuchas if you go back to the shah. And it's brought down that the goen of Vilna, that throughout his life, whenever he met a kohen, he would do a pidyon haben on himself. Just to make sure. He didn't make a broch on it. Just to make sure. Because who knows, maybe the kohen that his parents used was not a kohen miyuchas. We don't know anymore. And maybe then, so he kept doing it, and then when he had a, met a kohen Rappaport who was a descendant of the Shah, then he stopped, because he understood that that was a kohen miyufes. Yeah, it's different. Different uh, through the Choz of Lublin is, I think, a different lineage. I'm, I'm just bringing down a different uh, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dori, please. Yeah. Hard to say, you know, does it mean specifically his Talmudim, his disciples, or is it talking about the generation he lived in? I don't know. That word, B'nai Doro, is kind of a general statement, so I couldn't tell you. But we do see something very unusual about Rebbe Meir. The halacha is not always like Rebbe Meir, and one of the reasons for it is an amazing reason, because the Chachamim said... They knew that they could not understand Rabbi Meir fully. He was so deep and so wise that the Chachamim said, we don't fully understand what he's saying. So they couldn't be koveya the halacha like him in all cases because they felt like we're not quite sure what it is. And he's also, of course, the one Yom uh, Hazed, the great tzedakah of Rebbe Meir Baal Hanes. Rabbi Meir, this one, that's the same Rabbi Meir Baal Hanes. He was a, he's from the time of the Mishnah, he's a Tana. And so, de Dimeir Aneni, Hashem, the God of Meir, answer me. That's what he told a few people, the Gemara says in his uh, time, who were experiencing certain troubles. He said, say that, de de Aneni, and you will be saved. So the great Sadaka Rabbi Meir Baal Hanes, which we began in Europe a few hundred years ago in order to support people in Eretz Yisrael, it took on the name of Sadaka Rabbi Meir Baal Hanes. So he's buried in Tiberia. So if you go to Tiberia, where many great Tzadikim are buried, right, the Ramban, Rabbi Akiva, the Ramchal. So right at the entrance there to Tiberia, Zakeva Rabbi Meir Baal Hanes. There's always a lot of people davening there. Yeah, please, Meir. His wife is Bruria, uh-huh. famous lady. Yeah. Yeah, she did. So that's very hard to um, reconcile. It is. It is. So, yeah. it is. Yeah. If we, you know, we, we we look through a lot of chazals, we will see that not every story had its happy ending. Yeah. There were a lot of sad stories. A lot of great people who suffered. Rabbi Yudan is so great; he suffered horribly from a horrible stomach. Uh, diseases and pain, and who knows what. So yeah. it was not always uh, an easy life, nor should we ever think that it was for yeah. for such great people. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah, please. I just have to ask yeah. the age old question. So yes. women who learn such a fraction of the knowledge uh-huh. of men, and in the past, really yes, we'll even learn much more less than, mm-hmm. than we do. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure, so two, two thoughts I would say on that. Number one is that anybody who learns Torah gets this or, how oh men, women, because it's there and it's released when we learn it, men or women. The second part is that there's learning Torah and there's living Torah. You know? And one of the things that women are, are masters of is living Torah, right? the idea that you take it all and you live it, you know, and you embody that and manifest that in your personality. It's very much a feminine thing. So Torah si mecha, and the same concept uh, we've we've talked about it a couple of times is that in the act of conception, or that the zera comes from the man, but the woman then takes that zera, she absorbs it, and then she builds something out of it. It's that concept of a woman taking Torah, and then absorbing it and creating from it. That's a big part of her heilach in Torah. So A, yes, she gets from that light any time that she studies Torah as well. B, it appears to me that although I I hate to be so general and say the woman's role because that can mean so many things, but that's the concept of the feminine or the woman's role in Torah is this idea of absorption and then building from that light. And of course, that in itself is crucial to Jewish life and the perpetuation of Torah. Let me just get one more, and then we'll go a little bit. Yeah, Gail, Um, please. I can't formulate a question. Okay. I'm struck by Nochama, Mm -hmm. that we're created to be in a war. Sure. I mean, the Ramchal uses that word, others form different Mm -hmm. words of uh, a battle that God created us to be in the battle of Bechira. The battleground is Bechira, it's freedom of choice. That is the Milchama. And the reason he wants that of us is because that's where people ultimately grow. That by working with something and working on it and finally you know, overcoming it or partially overcoming and working on it again, that's where people have the most growth. So we have to have this milchama of the Yetzirah tov the the Yetzirah or the guf and the neshama in order really to rise as people. And that's also the same concept that Hashem didn't want us to be malachem, malachim. A malach is holy, but it's static. It doesn't grow. It stays in the same place. A person can always have this growth, potential and then actualization and the nochama, potential and actualization. That's how... We are, and that comes through the battle of life. Yeah. yeah. Dory, had a hand up for a second? Oh, I don't know. I just, Go ahead. the orc coming down. Yeah. I, think, I remember once learning, but that the orc comes when it's the change of mind. Like, is it people that study the orc come down irregardless, or does it have to be, you need to have a certain intent okay. of bringing something into the world? Okay, so that's a very important point. And it does make a difference, <laughs> the attitude. of of a person who studies Torah. So Torah Lishma, or Halavai we should know and what such a thing is. But Torah Lishma brings down the highest quality of that light. Any other level of Torah also brings down that light. It just has a lesser quality to it. But it's still Torah, it's still infinite, it's still great, and we shouldn't, in any way, think like, oh, I'm not lishma, I shouldn't do this. No, no do it. I'm lishma But that or is access no matter what. And, and absolutely, the greater the purity of character, right, refinement, taras hamidos, the person has in studying Torah, then the more pure is the light that they pull out of the Torah. So it happens in many, many, many levels. And the Ramchal says that the minimum requirement are two things. One, respect for the Torah. So he says if a person has no respect for the Torah and treats it like, um, you know, something that's cheap, they don't pull out life from the Torah. You have to minimum, you have to have respect for the Torah. And then he also says, which means a person has to be working on their own character. So those two things together, and the more we do them, the more we're able to get out light from the Torah. Welcome. I want to get you Sunday. I just want to just read one more paragraph, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Okay. I want to go to the, the last paragraph. Um, just if you flip over the page. And it's on the left side, three lines down from the top. Now, he went into the whole concept of learning Torah and where wisdom comes from. It comes from Gan Eden and the rivers that were in Gan Eden. These are deep concepts. So we don't really have time to explore all of that. But we'll do the last part. The Nohar Yotse Eden. It's on three lines down, top of the page, left column. Perushonah. So when it says "shona" to learn, to study Torah, k'v'yokhal, Hashem made she'yihiyah Shona halachos. It's really God who's teaching Torah to us. That when we study Torah, Hashem is k'v'yokhal right there giving us over this wisdom. Now we acknowledge this every single day in Shemot Esrei. Atah you, Hashem, are the one who bestows knowledge and wisdom on a person. May we have this from you. or Dea May we have this from you. So we know the true source of the knowledge of Torah is God. That's where it's coming from. V'chein kol hadalad mochim hanal. And these four intellectual capacities, which we just mentioned, we didn't touch on that, that's chachma bin das. If a person is learning Torah without the intention of trying to get to a deeper understanding of it, and he's not really trying to gain any light or revelation or newness from the Torah, just a subject, his learning will not help him, only in that he will become more knowledgeable in the laws of the Torah. I mean, i say that's pretty good, right? Well, it is pretty good. But he wants a lot more from us. He said, if you treat the Torah like it's just teaching you the halachas of the Torah, you'll get that's what you'll get. You'll get the halachas. Beautiful. We are, we're all trying to live a halachic life. We have to have that. But he wants us to go past that. And never think, chas this is how people who distort, you know, great people like this in their writings, never think he's saying, toss out the halacha, go for the deeper meaning. Right? Chas v'sham. right? The halach has to be absolutely in place, and then we have to go further with that. Don't just go after the letters, which means the surface meaning. Ve'inze God does not want us to only go after the surface meaning of the Torah. He wants us to rise higher than the surface meaning. To a place where that light is not cloaked. Where that light was before the head of Adam lo or, where or was not yet placed into veils and garments. Uh, obviously, this is a very, very high madriga we're talking about, but he wants us to lift our involvement with Torah. halavai So he's quoting a chazal. Hashem says, oh, if only they would leave me and study my Torah, I'd be okay. That's what God says. Halavai, osi ozvu. the Jewish people can leave me, but just have them study Torah, that's fine. He says it's not lefib shuto. What does it mean? Osi ozvu. let them leave the osios, the letters, the superficial meaning of Torah, osi. Hainu halimut shahu ki'im osios, v'torasi shamaru, and let people get into the inner Torah, shuhu lamalameha osios, Shohu is which is the hidden light inside the Torah. Right, so we have certainly set a high course for ourselves <coughs> leading up to Matan Torah. And of course, we're not expecting that we're going to penetrate the light of Torah and get to the place where Bishum Bar Yochai was. But I think what we have to take out of it is that it's not sufficient for us or for any Jew to say, I'm happy at this level of depth. It's not sufficient. It's good for now, but we have to go to deeper levels of meaning in the Torah as we go grow through our life, and by doing that, we access on a deeper way the or which is in the Torah. Okay, have a great week, everybody. Asher koa. Wonderful what you week. A good for you. Mm-hmm. How I? <laughs> and I left out some of the harder stuff too. <laughs> Hi, Dad. The, the seminaries and stuff and he in Hebrew he had to learn something about, hey, does that does they, they, I mean, they still are better people they're good people I mean, they, kids who are religious then, you know, they you know, they, Gaim, 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 who were just, they don't like the idea that there's this marriage business going on and they, right? and they want homes and families yeah. so they want the right thing yeah. is that is that Are they they getting anything? They're not getting anything. Are they getting Uh, anything? Because they're being good people. They they are. They're they're getting the the most most.